hits all the time. We are family. Max Scherzer, double-digit case. We're busting ours. Pick yours. Fun to watch. Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfect. Oh, mercy. Five, four, three, two, one. Hope everyone had a happy and safe Halloween over the weekend and a safe election night last night. If you need it, we're here to be a distraction for you in these crazy times on the Mass and All Access podcast. Bobby Blanco and Amy Jennings with you. Uh, thanks for tuning in on the Mass and Nationals Facebook page and the YouTube channel and on Twitter at Mass and Nationals. Really appreciate it. Again, if you need it, it's crazy times, uh, Amy. And uh, if you just need a, a 30 minute or so break from the world that we live in and just want to hear baseball talk, that's what we're going to give you right now. Uh, on the Mass and All Access podcast. Just fun, good conversation about baseball. I do want to touch on Halloween in a second, though, but you <laughs> just, you know, it's it's been kind of a, just a crazy year. Let's just say year, 2020. Um, mm-hmm. But we are here just to strictly talk baseball and have some fun uh, for the time being. That's right. Sports are always a good distraction. We're lucky that it's our job to talk about them, um, but they're always a good distraction. I hope you tune in and get your mind off of some things that might have you going crazy. First off, uh, so Halloween was this past weekend. Of course, it was a Halloween that we've never seen before. And I, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I'm not the biggest fan of Halloween. It's one of my least favorite holidays. I just don't like... First of all, it's a lot of effort. It's like kind of... I, I equate it to uh, Valentine's Day, uh, New Year's Eve. It's like a lot of effort, a lot of hype for not much reward, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I don't think... Uh, I guess it's also one of those things you get out of it what you put into it. If you're one of those people that go all in and buy a costume and, and dress up and have fun, yeah, um, that makes it worth it. But I'm just not one of those people. I don't see the point in going out, purchasing a costume, putting it on, um, or, or, or trying to match a costume with a significant other or a group of people. Uh, and, and then just going and, and and Halloween just also one of those nights where it just people just think they have the right to do whatever they want and it's a night of debauchery and I just especially just, now yeah especially now and, and of course like like I said this is a Halloween like we've never seen before it should have been much safer I hope everyone was safe at home um, and if you did trick or treating with, with little ones it was it was safe I, I did like seeing like cute costumes walking up and down the street um, picking up small bags of candy in a safe way but to me Halloween's just not for me not for me though I think it's fun when you're little right you you pick out your costume mm-hmm. and you go trick-or-treating and then I think it's fun when you're older and you have your own kids and you dress them up and you take them trick-or-treating and they get excited for it um, except for that sugar rush that they get afterwards I <laughs> suppose um, but it's like this middle time where it's like do I even want to dress up I think it just turns into a yeah do you like to decorate I'm with you I've never been a big Halloween fan um, especially since I was little. I think I was like a baseball player every year of my childhood. Like my wore my big brother's <laughs> old uniforms every <laughs> year. Um, so I've, I've never really been a big Halloween person either. But So, all right. Well, th- that being said, so neither of us are big Halloween <laughs> people. So this might but if we make were. this neck topic a little not as fun to discuss. But if you were and this was a uh, – and you could do it in a safe manner this past Halloween, what would have been your costume of choice for 2020? Um. Hmm. I do like the like ironic costumes. I will say. See, I'm not good. I'm not witty. I'm, like that's that. the thing. I can't make up with it when people do. Witty. I think Paul Mancano would be would have like the best probably the best costumes. Um, 
I think, okay, so going on the theme, I've been a baseball player every year of my whole life. I think I would change it up, and I think I would be Mike Rizzo. Really? I think I'd get a ball cap. I'd stuff <laughs> all this hair into a ball cap. I'd get, like, um, I'd either wear a jacket or maybe my Nats polo. Uh-huh. Um, have my sunglasses on, you know, his shades, and I'd okay. be on the phone and have that look. You know, he always has that look. Yeah. Like, and then you just got to say... Got a lot of lines in the water. Yeah. Um, yeah. Re, uh, retooling, not rebuilding. Just right. all of his cliches all night. That's really funny. <laughs> all just, night. What, also, since you've been a baseball player, you say most of your life, what player would you have chosen this year? Aside from Mike Rizzo. Who's not a player, obviously, but you know what I mean. I'd say Juan Soto. Yeah. I think you have to go with Juan Soto. Well, on this podcast, we'll go with Juan Soto. That's a good one to put on this podcast because we are going to talk about Juan Soto in just a bit. Just for the record. I saw some really cute little Fernando Tatises. Really? Did you? Yeah, on oh, Instagram. Oh, they were cute. Did they have, like, the hair Oh, everything? yeah, everything. That's so all. cute. That's, like, beyond effort for the parents level. That's impressive. Oh, yeah. I, I will give them credit for that. What would you be? I, I th- Well, see, mine's not baseball related at all because I was just thinking, like, nerd, like, I, I would love – and again, I would never spend money on this um, for Halloween purposes, but I would love like a pair of just, like Jedi robes and Star <laughs> Wars and like a, and a, and a lightsaber, and, like, like Sean Doolittle. Like Sean Doolittle has said oh. he has a pair. Uh, I would love, I'm a big Star Wars guy, so that's something. The I Mandalorian, that. That, I mean, the Mandalorian season two premiered the day before Halloween, so that would have been a good thing to invest in uh, as Mando. Um, and then also something that just popped in my head, early on in quarantine, I binge-watched, with my girlfriend who'd never seen it before, the original uh, Indiana Jones trilogy. So I think oh. a good indie outfit would be pretty cool. That's yeah. up my alley. Uh, that'd be cool. Okay. Except for a fake whip. I would definitely be, like, in the beginning of the third movie when so he's a kid, would- whip myself in the face. I would just get, like, a fake whip or just not use the whip <laughs> because that's a, da- that's a hazard for most if people. If you went with Star Wars, you and maybe Sean could coordinate and go trick-or-treating together. Yeah, go down Navy Yard yeah. or, you know, have a socially distanced party in that little square by yeah. Nats Park. There you go. Yeah, pass out some candy safely. Yeah, it would have been a lot of fun. But, again, not my jam. Um, yeah. I hope everyone who that is their thing uh, had a safe and happy time over the weekend um, and continue to stay safe as we get deeper into – uh, this year, and hopefully 2021 will turn out better and we'll have a more normal Halloween next year. All right, moving on to the baseball stuff, like we mentioned, and, and you kind of teased it with your would-have-been-Juan Soto costume, Amy. Um, the Baseball Writers Association of America Award finalists were announced Monday night. Um, the Nationals have no finalists for the first time since 2013. Uh, this is seven out of the last eight years, starting in 2012, the Nationals have at least a finalist in one of these awards. Uh, so this is the first time since 2013 they have not had any. We're going to get into whether or not Juan Soto was snubbed for National League MVP. But just to recap how the Nationals have prepared or have fared in these awards in the recent memory, because I think this also ties back into the conversations we had last week, Amy, about how they've been able to remain consistently good, uh, all the star power they've had. You know, of course, Bryce Harper was Rookie of the Year in 2012, skipped 2013, uh, Matt Williams was manager of the year in 2014, his first year at the helm. Uh, Bryce Harper was then that historic NL MVP, the youngest uh, unanimous MVP in National League history in 2015. Mm-hmm. Max Scherzer with back-to-back Cy Youngs in 16 and 17. And then he was a finalist uh, in 18 and a runner-up last year 
uh, for the Cy Young Award to uh, Jacob DeGrom. So, again, that just kind of ties back into conversations we've had recently on the podcast, Amy, just how competitive the Nationals have been, how successful they've been. Mm-hmm. Uh, to I mean, that's a handful of guys. Like It's mostly Bryce and, Sch- and Scherzer, but that's two parts of the pillars that we talked about last year, or last week, rather, mm-hmm. of drafting well and, and signing big-time free agents. Right, and you, you look back at all of those years. In all of those years, they were a winning team. They were right in it this year after the year that they had. You can't be surprised, especially with all of the injuries, the year that Max Scherzer had. Uh, you can't be surprised that they don't necessarily have anybody on this list. If there was somebody that would be up for a title, it would have been Juan Soto or Trey Turner right behind him. Um, but that just goes to show that list of all of those people shows that they've had some some star power over the last decade, and that's how they've remained consistent and competitive. Yeah, so the star power that they have this year, of course, was Juan Soto. He put up historic numbers, but again, not a finalist. The three finalists for the 2020 National League uh, MVP award are Mookie Betts of the Dodgers, Freddie Freeman of the Atlanta Braves, and Manny Machado in the San Diego Padres. And we're going to kind of compare them across the board, all, all four of these guys, Juan Soto included, and then take uh, snapshots at Juan Soto head-to-head with each of these guys and, and kind of get into the numbers and see how I, I, if we believe that he actually was snubbed. And if so, why was that? And I think I know both of our reasoning, our, our answers to these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just get into the numbers first and foremost. Again, historic season for Juan Soto. Here are, if you're watching along with us, here are just the home run and RBI totals. Of course, keep in mind, Juan Soto only played 47 games this season, uh, missing the first 10 and also missed three with an injury midway through the season. So only 13 home runs. That was equivalent to Freddie Freeman. Manny Machado, Mookie Betts both had 16. Uh, Freddie Freeman leads that group in RBIs with 53. I think that was third in all of baseball this season. Uh, Soto lowest in terms of RBIs. Again, 37, but only two behind Betts. I think Mookie Betts played in all 60 games this season. Uh, and Juan Soto missed 13. Machado rounding out the group at 47 RBIs. I mean, here's the thing. Looking at these base numbers right here, I mean, and this is a good group of guys, and there can only be three finalists. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that uh, Betts, Freeman, or Machado are not worthy to be up there. To me, it's just more so that Juan Soto deserves to be in this group based on what he did um, alone. And I'll be interested to see how the final numbers shake out when we get the award announcements uh, mm-hmm. in the coming days or weeks and see. I would have to imagine Soto still finishes in the top five. Yeah. He'll definitely still get votes, even though he isn't a finalist. Um, and it, it, I wouldn't be have been surprised if he snuck into this list, into this top three list. For me, he could easily be replaced with Manny Machado, um, but we'll get into some of the reasons that we think he probably wasn't. Um, but, I mean, he just put up outstanding offensive numbers, but that's not just what it's based on. It's not Offensive Player of the Year. It is Most Valuable Player, and we'll get into to what that means. Yep. Yeah, well, so what does that mean? I mean, it's – and, again, this is something that needs to be kept in mind that these ballots were cast – before the postseason, so this is regular season only, these 60 games that were played. Um, and right off the top of my head, to, to me, that is, that's Juan Soto's downfall right there. Missing 13 games, he played the fewest games out of these four guys. Um, he missed the first 10 games of the season, then missed three more due to injury in the middle of the season. You know, we don't know the numbers he would have put up had he played all 60 or 55 around that area. Um, I, I think that's a, that's a big reason as to why he was not – Selected as an all-star, no, no, a finalist uh, for this group because he did not play as many games. And then we'll also get into later, but he also played on a losing team. All three of these guys made the postseason. 
um, mm-hmm. and, and got pretty deep into the postseason. So they're on good teams, and they were the guys that carried their teams for the most part. Machado maybe not so much. Betts maybe not so much. Both are stacked lineups. I mean, even the Braves too, but Freddie Freeman had an outstanding season. But I, I think those are two factors that are really going to hurt Juan or, or did hurt Juan mm-hmm. Soto, rather, uh, in the voting process is that, A, he didn't play more than 50 games, and, B, he was on a losing team. I think that's a big part of it. Juan Soto only played 68% of the games, whereas Freddie Freeman, Manny Machado played in all of them, Mookie Betts playing in 92% of those games. And I think that's a big part of it. I mean, how valuable are you if you only play in 68% of your team's games? Um, I think his defensive numbers are a big part of it. All three of these guys have much better defensive numbers than Juan Soto is, and I can only imagine that hurts him, hurts his war. And then... um, like you said, he didn't play on a contending team. When you play on a last place team, really, you know, how valuable are you? How mm-hmm. much are you apart? We, you you kind of touched on it a couple of weeks ago when he won that batting title. You said, well, they probably would have lost a lot more games if, if he wasn't there. But we'll look at what these other teams were able to accomplish with with these these other guys who were finalists. Yeah, well, let's take a look uh, at some of the numbers head to head. Let's start with Mookie Betts. Um, I, who my think I think he's going to be the favorite to win this. Uh, he, he just had an incredible year the first time uh, in the National League. He might be one of the few guys who has won an MVP in both leagues. But the 55 games, like I said, uh, eight more than Soto played. The batting average, Soto, I mean, just absolutely crazy. And here's the thing is Soto's slash line, of course, we know his batting average led the National League. Um, and then his on-base slugging and OPS led all of baseball in a historic fashion. And his walk rate, I put that on the graphic too, uh, to mm-hmm. show that, that he led the baseball and all of that. Now, the number of walks weren't there, but the rate at which he drew them was the highest in all of baseball. Then you look at Betts, a 366 on-base percentage, 562 slugging, a 1039 ops, uh, and 10 stolen bases. I think that factors in a lot too. He's a threat on the base pass, as we saw in the playoffs, uh, and especially in that World Series game. Um, so uh, I think that these this is a pretty comparable uh, – it's a fair comparison right here, but you're just looking at these base numbers, Soto, for what he did, is just unbelievable. And you look at the OPS, how much we value OPS in this day and age. This is what I'm going to harp on throughout this, com- this conversation is that that is just far and away better than Mookie Betts is. And not to mention Mookie Betts plays on a team – with star-studded talent, with the previous National League MVP and Cody Bellinger, mm-hmm. um, former Rookie of the Year's on that roster as well, uh, and that star-studded lineup, but a lineup that was supposed to be where they got, and and Mookie Betts was just adding fire to fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I don't, I, I'm not, that shouldn't take away from Mookie Betts, but what mm-hmm. Juan Soto did with less protection in the lineup is astounding to me. Well, you, you look at Juan Soto's numbers. I mean, you can't get much better than mm-hmm. leading the league in almost every category. You can't get much better than that, than that. And Mookie's offensive numbers aren't there. They're not, you know, at Soto's level or Freddie Freeman's level. But it's his war, I think, that drove him as a finalist, which is definitely boosted by his, his defense. Um, it, yeah, I mean, I, th- I would say it's – I think Mookie would be my, my second favorite. Really? Um, I, I definitely think, I mean, just the outstanding season that Freddie Freeman had, mm-hmm. um, Mookie would be my, but it, it's hard not to look at, at his team and what his team, winning the World Series. Um, I'm, obviously, those votes came in before, before the playoffs, but it's hard not to acknowledge that and acknowledge that he was a part of leading his team um, to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. But 
if he wins, he'll be the first player to win in both leagues since Frank Robinson, yeah. um, which would be, be awesome. And it, it's, it's exciting to see him there and to see him on that team. You mentioned the war. Per baseball reference, Mookie Betts led all of Major League Baseball with a 3.4 war um, this past season. Uh, but to compare, Juan Soto led all of baseball in offensive war. You take mm-hmm. defense out of it. Offensive war, Juan Soto led all of baseball at 2.9. By the way, Trey Turner was third at 2.7. Um, yeah, uh, Juan Soto was also intentionally walked the most. And, and we're going to talk about walk rate too later, I think, with Freddie, with Freddie Freeman a little bit more. But it, it's just different. It's, what do you value more? Right. You know, I mean, the thing that I also think is going to hurt or what did hurt Juan Soto is the defense. And Mookie Betts is an elite gold glove talent in right field. Yes, Juan Soto was a finalist last year, but his defense really fell off this year. Was that attributed to his slow start? Uh, missing 10 games and not having been able to participate in summer camp and the injury, who's to say, but he just did not play the level and the numbers show that mm-hmm. uh, off uh, defensively in left field. And it, it's Juan Soto has come a long way. You looked at him last year on that world series team. There's sometimes you didn't know if he was going to catch the ball. Right. He's come a long way, definitely. But if you turn to his defensive numbers, a lot of them are in the negatives. Whereas you look at Mookie Betts, he ranks first in outs above average for right fielders, third in ultimate zone rating. Um, his, his defensive numbers are what boosts him, boosts his war and his, I, without a doubt, why he's a finalist. Yeah, I agree, along with the with the strong offensive numbers that he showed. All right, let's move on to uh, Freddie Freeman, of course, a division rival. Uh, this guy had an outstanding season. I mean, Nats fans know Freddie Freeman all too well. He absolutely destroys D.C.'s team for ever since he joined uh, the Braves. He played all 60 games, 300, uh, 341 batting average, a 462 on base percentage, slugging 640, and his OPS at 1102, 45 walks. Now, again, this is a tough comparison because we're talking about walk rate versus walks total. Mm-hmm. Soto's walk total wasn't that high, but the rate at which he drew them because he had less at-bats, less plate appearances, and less games, it was the best in the league. But Freddie Freeman, um, I believe I have it right here, um, was third in baseball. Oh, in RBIs, excuse me. But in the 45 mm-hmm. walks was, I think, in the top five, maybe even top three mm-hmm. in, in the sport. So Freddie Freeman gets on base. When he's not getting on base, he's hitting. He hit home runs. He hit the third most RBIs. He is just a contributor up and down the line, no matter how he does it. Much like Soto, you know, we, we can talk about, like, who deserves to be in the conversation, but these guys contributed to their teams in similar ways. They drove in runs when guys were on base. They hit home runs at a decent rate. They got on base at a really mm-hmm. impressive rate. And Freddie Freeman, he plays first base, which isn't as valuable as maybe an outfielder, but they both didn't really flash defensively with the numbers. Mookie Betts is by far the best defender statistic-wise um, uh, among this group, second being Manny Machado because he plays third base. But Freddie Freeman was not that impressive defensively. It's offensive numbers that put him in this conversation. And again, being on a division winner and, a, and the number mm-hmm. two team in the National League. I think Freddie Freeman is a lot more comparable to Juan Soto. It's mm-hmm. easier to look at their numbers because it is their offense that drove them. Um, this entire season. The thing with Freddie Freeman is he was just so consistent. I mean, you look at look at his September. He only got better as as uh, the season went on. And you talk about his OPS at at eleven oh two. Well, his his OPS with runners in scoring position is almost three hundred points higher than that. So he's driving in those runs. That makes him a valuable player, right? It's not just he's putting up these these great offensive numbers. He's not just playing well on a, you know a non-contending team. He's driving in runs. He's a valuable player on a good team that is competing. 
Um, and I, that's what makes him him so valuable. And on top of that, he played in 100% of the games this season. Yep. Um, and, you know, you look at that and you look at Juan Soto's missing that big chunk at the beginning of the season. Who's more valuable, yep. you know? And that goes back to the old cliche, your best ability is availability. And him playing mm-hmm. every single day uh, in the lineup for the Braves and producing at that level. Again, it'll be interesting. I mean, we'll never know. It'll be interesting to see if we could kind of calculate or spread out Soto's stats over the, you know, eight more games or the full 60 games of the season and how, you know, if he would have played 55, even on a losing team, would he have mm-hmm. put himself in this conversation? Remember, Bryce Harper was unanimous MVP with a, a team that didn't make the playoffs. So we've seen it before. There's not there's a track record of guys, Mike, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Trout, mm-hmm. you know, he consistently wins MVPs and has only made one playoff appearance. So we've seen a track. It's I don't think that's as much a part of it as some of the other facts we're talking about, but I think it definitely plays in how bad the Nationals were, in the standings at least. Yeah, I mean, you look back, I think from like 2000 to 2010, about a quarter of the MVP winners were on teams that weren't winning. But if you look back at the last decade, the vast majority of the time, the MVP winners were on on contending right. teams. The vast majority of the time. the Really, the only the outlier is Mike Trout, mm-hmm. and that's because... He's Mike Trout. I mean, he's just incredible. Um, I think the difference is you look at at Juan Soto. The offensive numbers were there, but he had a lot to a lot to improve defensively. Whereas you look at Mike Trout's numbers, he's just great all around. He couldn't have really done much more to to help his team win. Um, baseball, there's no Michael Jordan on the on the diamond, right? Baseball mm-hmm. isn't a sport like basketball. One guy cannot carry your entire team. But Mike Trout really couldn't have gotten any better those years that he won um, won MVP, whereas Juan Soto definitely could have. And I think that's where the difference is. If you're looking at whether they're on a winning team or not, could could that player have done better um, even though their team wasn't winning as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. And and to wrap up, the third guy is Manny Machado. Um, of course, you know, he signed the big contract in San Diego. The cornerstone of this franchise has help with Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, San Diego makes the playoffs for the first time in a long time. And Manny Machado is in the center of it. Of course, he also played 60 games, a batting average above 300, an on-base percentage at 370. Here's where Juan Soto – I mean, this is the guy that Juan Soto probably – like you said earlier, probably could have replaced. Uh, I mean, this, the numbers across the batting average, on base, slugging, and the OPS are not comparable at all. Maybe slugging because Machado was a little higher, almost 100 points higher than Soto right there. Mm-hmm. But the on base percentage, Soto's got him beat. Average crushed, OPS crushed. Um, and, uh, you know, I tried to find an <laughs> extra stat to fill out this graphic that we're watching on, on <laughs> Facebook and YouTube. And the only one that I found worth putting on there was the 29 extra base hits. Machado didn't do anything. Too flashy. Um, no. He hit the 16 home runs um, and and the the 47 RBIs, but he wasn't anything too special. Whereas Juan Soto's season was special and historic in the way he put up these numbers. Uh, um, so this is the con- maybe this is the best conversation or the best point where we could talk about Soto could have snuck in here um, and been the third guy here. Again, we I, I think we both anticipate he'll be in the top five, if not fourth. Um, and I'll be real curious to see what the difference is between him and Machado. Mm-hmm. If I'm guessing that Machado is going to finish third in this group, um, but if we that's the case, that's going to be the reason why. Because stat for stat, Soto hasn't beat pretty much all the way. The only w- real place that Machado has an upper leg on him would be defensively. Mm-hmm. And you know how much do they value that? We don't know. Um, 
but obviously defensively that's where Manny Machado is going to get him. And for the majority of the season, at least at the beginning, I think a lot of people thought the guy from San Diego that would be on this list was going to be Fernando Tatis. Mm-hmm. Um, between him and Manny over on that side of the infield, it's it's so exciting to watch. Um, but then he kind of fell off, and Manny kind of kind of got it together, reestablished himself as the season went on. Um, but this this is where. You, you have to know what they value, yeah. what these voters are valuing. And this is, I think, it's going to be, cl- I think it'll be close. Yeah. I think they're comparable. And I think Juan Soto could have easily replaced Manny Machado on this list. Yep. Manny Machado was seventh in baseball with a 2.8 war per baseball reference. He had seven defensive runs saved at third base. Again, a high value position. So that number has definitely helped him right there. Um yeah, I think that this is the guy that we're going to look back and say Juan Soto just missed out in the top three, uh, and it's because Manny played in all the games, and he played at a high-value position at third base and played it played well. Played on a winning team. And played on a winning team. So that's going to be the cup of conversation. But then, I mean, let's get into the conversation of how the voters approach this year and what factors. I mean, because this is obviously a year in that we've never seen before. And, it, like, usually, especially in the, you know, you play every team – in your league once, twice, mm-hmm. home and away. Um, so these voters, again, uh, one voter in each National League city um, gets to place their votes or fill out a ballot for an award. Um, so they're not voting for all of them. But, you know, you would get the the D.C. guy voting, see the Padres six times a game, see, or, you know, they or the Dodgers, mm-hmm. um, and vice versa. Of course, with this season, you only played your division and then your corresponding geographic division in the other league. So we didn't get writers who are making these votes get up close and personal to some of these guys in other leagues. I'm not saying that that's a reason that everyone should have voted for Juan Soto. I'm just saying that it's this was a difficult choice to make. And I think I saw a lot of voters. We haven't seen ballots come out yet, but a lot of voters who talked about this on, on their Twitter mm-hmm. accounts or on their blogs have said it's it's very difficult because, you know, the, there are a lot of great candidates in the National League this year who had great seasons. It's going to be really close, and we didn't get to see a lot of these guys in person. You know, a lot of these guys, the voters, that is, the, uh, the writers, um, you know, base their votes on who they see in person. Uh, you know, you see a lot of guys, hometown guys, vote for their hometown player because mm-hmm. they see him play every single day and think, well, how can anyone be better than that? So I'll be interested to see how that kind of shakes out and, and maybe, it, I mean, it's equal number-wise. You know, there's five East writers, there's mm-hmm. five Central, mm-hmm. five Westerns. Uh, so it'll be equal that way. But I was curious to see how that the, the ballot breaks mm-hmm. down once we – know how, how, how they all voted. That's a really interesting point. I didn't even think about that. It's a lot easier to vouch for a guy that you've seen play X amount of times mm-hmm. versus a guy that you haven't hardly seen play at all. Um, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure that has a little way into to that decision and have something to do with it. Um, and it's just also interesting. You don't know how much leeway these people, the, these voters are giving them. Mm-hmm. You know, like once that wasn't really his fault, you know, could have been a false positive we don't really know how much leeway who knows what he would have done if he played x amount of games um it's hard to tell yeah so i mean yeah exactly it would be curious to see again how his numbers would have spaced out over let's say 40 uh 57 games let's take out the three he missed due to injury let's call that a legit miss three missed games that's still i think it would be the second mo or tied for third most amongst these group of finalists so 
yeah, we'll never know. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the ballots shake out. And also the other thing, conversation, and we've kind of touched on this before too, Amy, is how do these voters value or how do they define MVP, most mm-hmm. valuable player? What does value mean to you? Um, I, I always think back to the 2016 National League Most Valuable Player Award. Chris Bryant won um, over Daniel Murphy, and mm-hmm. I thought Daniel Murphy – was more valuable to the Nationals that year than Chris Bryant was to the Cubs. If you take Chris Bryant out of his lineup, the Cubs are still a very good team that year and make the playoffs and probably make a deep run, maybe win the World Series, who knows. Um, but they did with him, obviously. And if if you take Daniel Murphy out of the Nationals 2016 lineup, I don't think they make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He was that good that year, and he carried that team for a long, long part, and, he, and, and, and it wasn't even close. Chris Bryant got all of one first-place votes. That year, so uh, how do these voters define most valuable player? Is always a question that keeps me up at night and bothers me because oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know the answer, uh, and I think it's a, it's changing. Uh, hopefully, it's changing. I think we're seeing a lot of the older writer votes, the old-fashioned way of best player gets the votes, and we're seeing a lot of younger writers, up and coming, vote. Mm-hmm like taking the sabermetrics, how much do they actually mean to their team's success, which is why I think we see Mike Trout win a lot because where would the Angels be without him? Mm-hmm. Where would the Nationals have been this season uh, without Juan Soto? They only won 26 games. They maybe would have won 20 without him. I mean, and and, and um, looking at a top five draft pick. Without a doubt, there were games that they won because of him. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting. It's trending towards guys are getting more votes that aren't necessarily on winning teams, but they are more valuable to their teams than – uh, the best player necessarily would be on a winning team. You're, but still, you're seeing the mass majority of the winners come from contending teams yep. still. So it'll be interesting to see what direction <laughs> that goes as analytics become more prevalent. You're looking at these sabermetrics. It'll be interesting to see the, the direction that goes. Yep. Just going to run off a couple more numbers because Juan Soto did have a crazy, crazy year uh, this year. Just And just to show how much of a – pure and amazing hitter he is, all right? He hit 346 off righties as a lefty. He hit 360 off lefties as a lefty. He hit 382 when behind and then count, 421 with runners in scoring position, 407 when he pulled the ball, 405 when he hit the ball up the middle, 542 when he went opposite field. Uh, he hit 313 off fastballs, 333 off changeups, and 447 off curveballs and sliders. And don't forget about his spray chart um, from his – Total 69 career home runs, 23 to right, 23 to center, 23 to left. I mean, the guy uses all fields. Right. is unbelievable. And you can even say, looking at these numbers, he's better going the opposite way, which is something that he's been doing since he first came up into the majors. That's what stands out to me. There's so much talk about his power, but it's his power to all fields. That even split, 23 to, to right, 23 to center, 23 to left. Um, you don't see that very often, and that's what really stands out to me out of his 69 career home runs. That's yep. crazy. That is crazy. And then finally, he was the first batting title champion in Nationals t- and club history. He posted the highest on-base percentage, slugging percentage, and OPS of any major leaguer with at least 195 plate appearances since Barry Bonds in 2004. Amy, want to guess who won the National League MVP in 2004? It was Barry Bonds. It was Barry Bonds, and it was... He won, like, two years later, I think, too, also. Something uh, like that. He won the f- – um, Next year, no, maybe? No, he didn't. He won back-to-back. He won. It, well, actually, he won – damn, he won four straight. 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004. Oh, t- 2004 was the last one. 2001 was the last one, but he wins four straight. Wow. And the MV- and the voting wasn't close. He got 24 um, 
of the possible 32 first place votes. That just shows you what kind of hitter you're you're, <laughs> yeah. you're seeing in Juan Soto, and he's young. That's what's so exciting is don't forget, he might not have won MVP this year, but look at the numbers he put up this year and look at his age and look at what's to come. He's 22. He didn't have a f- – he had a spring training that was shut mm-hmm. down. He didn't have a full summer camp. He missed the first 10 games of the right. season. He got hurt in the middle of the season, and he still did all of that. So imagine what's going to happen when he finally gets a full spring training mm-hmm. under his belt as a 22-year-old, as a kid who wants to get better, continually improve. Uh, where do you improve off that list? I mean, I don't. I mean, the lowest number was 303, right? It was 313 off fastballs. Mm-hmm. So he needs to get better. That's terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just unbelievable. So Juan Soto, of course – is an up-and-coming superstar, if not already a superstar in this league. Uh, on our um, YouTube channel, commenting, coming in, Grant Rickman asking, why does baseball hate Soto? I don't know if baseball hates Soto. I think baseball mm-hmm. loves Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. I just think, again, like the circumstances we described earlier on the mm-hmm. podcast, that's the reasoning he fell behind. This guy is a perennial MVP in the making. He'll be a finalist eventually. He might win the whole thing eventually. Um, he's already a World Series champion. He was probably this close to being World Series MVP last year, too. So this guy has a lot of hardware to collect mm-hmm. in the coming years. It's, it's going to be exciting to watch. You know, Robinson Cano told him, stay true to yourself. That Soto shuffle, people will try to stop you. Why, why does everybody hate Juan Soto, right? But yeah. um, he'll stay true to himself, and he'll be exciting to watch in the coming years. Well, the only thing the Nationals need to do to ensure all that happens for Juan Soto is maybe find another bat for that lineup. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Get him some insurance runs will be Free agency is underway fully. Um, it's 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 not going to be like NFL free agency, NBA free agency. It's going to be a slow process, of course, because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Baseball free agency usually is this way anyway. Slow already, so um, I can only imagine. But, you know, stick with us. Uh, stick with Mass and All Access. Uh, Paul Mancano has you covered. We'll have you covered on the podcast as well. MassInSports.com. Mark and Byron have you covered wall-to-wall all on the Nationals news. Uh, be sure to follow the Mass and All Access podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play. Watch us on Facebook. Watch us on YouTube. Watch us on Twitter. Wherever you can find the podcast, you can find the Mass and All Access podcast. At Amy Jennings News for Amy on Twitter. Make sure you give her a follow. I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco. Stick with us. We'll be back next week for another episode, breaking down any news that happens and whatever topics come our mind. Uh, be sure to comment along. If you have any questions for us, shoot us a tweet, and we'll get back to you. For Amy, I'm Bobby and Paul. Behind the scenes, this Mass and All Access podcast. We'll see you later.